Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. Uh, first, I have not recorded in a little while. Um, I had a little break because, uh, well, A, it was Thanksgiving week, uh, which just was last week at the time of this recording, and uh, so I was kind of busy. And um, also, the last four episodes were guest readers, so they were able to give me a little bit of a break. How did you like them? Uh, let me know. Or don't. Doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Um, so, uh, because it's been a little while since I've recorded, uh, I'm, I have to get my brain back in this mode, and it is very strange. Uh, so, we are at the top of page 78. Let's see if I remember how to read. Uh, the first word is a tilt. And I feel like I had something else to say. But maybe I'll save that for the next episode, because I have to look to see where I wrote it down. Okay, a tilt. A-T-I-L-T. This is an adverb or an adjective, and it is from the year 1562. Number one, in a tilted position. Number two, with lance in hand. Lance is L-A-N-C-E. And there is an example, and it says, run a tilt at death. And that is from Shakespeare. I wish it told me what uh, play uh, it was from that Shakespeare wrote, Run a Tilt at Death. Uh, I certainly do not know, um, so I guess I'll have to look that up. Um, but if I were more of an expert, and I'm sure some of you know right off the bat what show that's from, what uh, act it's from, what scene it's from, you know all that detail. Next we have, ooh, this is a fun one, a tingle. Uh, this is an adjective from 1855, tingling especially with excitement. Uh, yeah, I'm all a tingle to get on to this next word, with which is a suffix, A-T-I-O-N. This, I have to guess, is a very, very common suffix. I feel like I see that, uh, that a lot, Asian, A-T-I-O-N. Uh, let's see, it, it, it means action or process, as in flirtation. Something connected with an action or process, as in discoloration. You know, that's only two definitions, although technically it's only one, because I didn't say one or two uh, with two parts. One definition with two parts. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like that is a very versatile uh, suffix. Does the etymology say anything interesting that we want to talk about? No, it does not. So we are going to move on to Atka mackerel. Two separate words. Mackerel is like the fish. Um, and Atka is capital A-T-K-A. This is a noun from 1888. It is a green, a greenling, yep, a greenling, that is a food fish found in Alaska and adjacent regions. A food fish found. Uh, so I guess, you know, what am I trying to say? It's a fish. It's not a food fish. It's just a fish. So I, I feel like that part of that definition should be changed. It could be, it could say uh, it is a food, no, sorry, it is a fish often used in food. Um, you know, all fish are food for something, bears usually, um, or other bigger fish, um, but it's not specifically designed to be food. Um, although, like I just said, it's food for bears. Anyway, that, that gets a little bit weird, but um, no, it's just a fish. Um, and the scientific name is Pleurogrammus monopterygius, M-O-N-O-P, 
P-T-E-R-Y-G-I-U-S. Uh, so sorry I got off a little tr- got a little off track with that whole food fish thing, uh, but I, I thought that it should be adjusted a little bit. It's a fish, sometimes used for food, I assume they mean for humans. And this is from Atka Island in Alaska. Next we have A-T-L, capital A. This is an abbreviation for Atlantic. Now we have Atlantean, capital A-T-L-A-N. T-E-A-N. It's the first form. It is an adjective from 1667 of relating to or resembling atlas. Uh, And then a synonym is the word strong, Atlantean. It resembles atlas. Do you know who atlas is? I hope so. I think he's the, I don't know, Greek or Roman god who you often see holding up the world, Um, which is a sphere, by the way. Uh, now we have the second form of Atlantean. It's not Atlantean, it's Atlantean. This one is an adjective from circa 1828 of or relating to Atlantis. So whether or not you're talking about Atlas or Atlantis, uh, it, it has the same word, Atlantean. And it looks like they're spelled the same too. Now we have the word Atlantic. With a capital A, this is an adjective from 1594, 1A, of relating to or found in, on, or near the Atlantic Ocean. 1B, of relating to or found on or near the east coast of the U.S. 2, of or relating to the nations that border the Atlantic Ocean, as in the Atlantic Community. Obviously, there are a lot of nations that border the Atlantic Ocean, uh, so I wonder if, um, I'm just looking at the, uh, the 1B definition, uh, found on or near the east coast of the U.S. Well, obviously we are in America and we speak English and that's the book that we are reading. Uh, but I wonder if they use a same word or a similar word for the countries that are on the coast of the Atlantic Ocean in South America, um, Canada, in Europe, in Africa. There are many, many countries that border the Atlantic. We are going to move on to Atlantic croaker, two separate words. This is a noun from circa 1949, a small croaker of the Gulf Coast and the Atlantic Coast. Are you sure it's not the Pacific Coast? Maybe it's the Atlantic Coast. Uh, The scientific name is Micropogneus undulatus. The second word was easier to say, micropogonias. I uh, just sort of wanted to emphasize it um, to make you understand a little bit easier. All right. Next, we have Atlanticism. Atlanticism. This is a noun from 1950. A policy of military cooperation between European powers and the U.S. And Atlanticist is a noun. Next, we have Atlantic Puffin. This is a noun from 1931. Uh, Puffin just came up last night. Uh, We were looking at a metal shot glass that my wife and I got when we were in Iceland. And it had a little picture of a few things that make Iceland Iceland or things that people are aware of. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's got that penguin. And she goes, that's not a penguin. That's a puffin. I should know because I saw them in person and I got pictures of them. Um, All right. It is a small black and white puffin of the northern coastal parts of the North Atlantic Ocean that has a triangular bill with a broad red or yellow tip. Uh, So I wonder if these are the same puffins that we saw. 
uh, because Iceland is in the North Atlantic Ocean. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if they called them Atlantic puffins or just puffins or some other kind of puffin, but I, I'll have to look into that. Uh, the scientific name is Fratercula Ar- Arctica. Fratercula Arctica. I know I'm saying these wrong, but it's just sort of easier and more fun to say them that way. Next, we have Atlantic salmon. This is a noun from 1884, and we have the 1A definition for the word salmon as a synonym. Next is Atlantic time. This is clearly the episode of Atlantic. Atlant, Atlant, the, we'll, we'll call it the Atlantean episode. No, that's not even the Atlantic episode. Sure, why not? All right, Atlantic time is this one. It is a noun from 1880, the time of the fourth time zone west of Greenwich that includes the Canadian maritime provinces Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. I wasn't trying to be stereotypical when I said Puerto Rico. I was just trying to be a little bit more accurate um, because, you know, we say Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Um, But no, it's Puerto Rico. Uh, Let's see. Nothing else to say about that. So that's the fourth time zone uh, west of Greenwich. Greenwich Mean Time is, of course, the zero marker. Um... And uh, I think Chicago, well, it, of course, depends on the time of year and daylight savings times and blah, blah, blah. Uh, So Chicago, I think, is mm, five or six time zones west of Greenwich. But again, it changes. Uh, Maybe sometimes seven. Next, we have Atlantic white cedar. When I first read that sort of out of the corner of my eye, I thought it said Atlantic white cheddar. But no, it's not cheese. It's a piece of wood. This is a noun from 1948, and we just have the number one definition for white cedar as the synonym. Uh, So if you know your trees, this is the one that's um, on the Atlantic, probably. Next, we have Atlantis, the famous, famous Atlantis. This is a noun from 1602 a fabled island in the Atlantic that, according to legend, sank beneath the sea. I know that there's a lot of people who think that Atlantis is down there, but I have a pretty good feeling that uh, it doesn't actually exist. I don't know about you. Um, Oh, interesting. So this is uh, Latin from the Greek, uh, from the word atlas. Uh, So the the Greek word atlas, probably. Uh, And if, of course, if we go back to the beginning of the episode, we see that Atlantean is a word for both atlas and Atlantis. So why did why did it change? Uh, Is I don't know anything about Atlantis. Um, Do they do they did they um, bow to the god of Atlas? Uh, did they have a big statue of him? Where, how did the word come from? Who, who made this up? Who, who, where did this come from? Um, I, I'm so curious now. I never actually thought about who the Atlanteans were and what did they do? And I never knew that it was related to the word Atlas or the name Atlas. Uh, so now I got to go check it out. Next, we have at large. There is a hyphen between the two words. This is an adjective from 1969 relating to or being a political representative who is elected to serve an entire area rather than one of its subdivisions, as in an at-large city councilor, also as in an at-large election. I was always sort of curious what at-large meant. Uh, normally, when I think of that phrase, 
I think of somebody who's, you know, like a, a criminal who's at large. He's out. You can't find him. Um, but no, this is a political representative who was elected to serve an entire area rather than one of its subdivisions. It still doesn't really help me since I don't know much about politics. Uh, I live in a co-op building and there's a board. And um, I think that there were uh, two board members that said at large, like board member at large. Uh, so where, how does that word, um, what does it mean in that context? Do you know? Tell me. Next, we have Atlas with no capital A. Uh, this is a noun from uh, 1513, and we have a bunch of definitions. In fact, uh, this is going to be the last word for the episode. Atlas is the last word for this episode. Number one is capitalized. A titan who, for his part in the titan's revolt against the gods, is forced by Zeus to support the heavens on his shoulders. Of course, I mentioned that earlier, but he is a titan. Uh, he is gigantic. He can hold, well, in this case, it says the heavens. Uh, I've always seen him depicted as holding the world, uh, but maybe maybe it's not the world. Maybe it's all of everything. I don't know. Uh, but it can't be everything because he's holding it up. How is that possible? There's only one everything. There's only one everything. Um, all right, so why why did Zeus force him to do this? So many questions, so little time, so little space in the dictionary. We are going to move on to number two, which is also capitalized. One who bears a heavy burden. Number three, A, a bound collection of maps, often including illustrations, informative tables, or textual matter. Three, B, a bound collection of tables, uh, charts or plates. Four, the first vertebra of the neck. I never heard that before. The first vertebra of the neck is called Atlas? Um, oh, probably because it is holding up your head, like Atlas is holding up the heavens or the world or whatever. Uh, interesting. I should ask my chiropractor about that when I go tomorrow. Number five says it's usually plural, so Atlantes a-T-L-A-N-T-E-S, uh, Atlantes. And how how did they change the spelling of this? Atlas, the plural of Atlas is Atlantes, A-T-L-A-N, A-T-L-A-S. So you know, what happened there? What happened there? Who, who wrote this? Who made this plural? Um, well, that's clearly where we get um, Atlantis from, from the plural of Atlas. Uh, but I still don't understand the spelling thing. Anyway, number five definition is a male figure used like a carotid as a supporting column or pilaster or pilaster, uh, also called telamon, T-E-L-A-M-O-N. Carotid, is that the word? C-A-R-Y-A-T-I-D. Um, yeah, I really don't know. Oh, male figure used like carotid as a supporting column. Um... Okay, so I sort of have an idea. Is it used in maybe in murals or sculptures or in buildings? They literally sculpt a uh, a figure, often male, um, supporting the building or supporting the column. Um, my dad actually made some art. He he made a proposal for a mural that was would be put under um, like a viaduct under train tracks, um, 
and it didn't get approved, but I thought it was very cool. And it was two of these characters, I guess they would be uh, at- Atlantes, um, holding up the train tracks. That was what it was supposed to look like. Um, I got us. Let me see. I, I'll have to see if I can get a picture of that. It was very well done. He's an amazing artist. And uh, uh, I'll have to ask him about, you know, did you call these Atlantes or Atlases or Telemons or what? It, what? What did you call them? Boy, I am talking a lot. And I'm going to end this episode. And thank you very much for listening. Until next time, this is Spencer reading the dictionary. Say hi, Ray. Hi.